This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams and joining me today is my esteemed colleague at Dogs247, Rusty Mansell. We're going to focus on recruiting in today's episode and looking at Georgia's class right now, ranked number 17 in the country in the 24-7 sports team rankings. Looking at the average ranking per commit, they are fourth right now in the country, nine commitments as of right now. And the last commitment coming from Chaz Chambliss, it's been about three weeks now. So we are, you know, we are well into June. No verbal commitment so far this month. But, you know, as far as timelines go, Georgia can only go with the timelines of the recruits that they're heavily involved with. So it's, you know, they're involved with a lot of elite prospects right now. But at the same time, one of the few programs in that top 20 still under 10 total commitments for the 2021 cycle. Rusty, we, we've talked about a lot of recruits recently on Dogs 24-7, a lot of articles. You know, a lot of people are wondering where things stand with a lot of guys. What are you hearing right now? What's the latest on some prospects that you, you think, you know, there's some relevant news right now? What's the latest on some of their, you know, their top targets? Well, the, first off, you know, I want to say that there, there definitely is some silent commits that I that I know about. Um, could be more, and I've said that there was one uh, toward the end of May that asked me for an edit. I gave him an edit of a Georgia commitment, uh, and he just said thank you. He liked it, and he was going to come public with it when he decided. So again, what basically what you said, we don't make the news; we report it. So when he comes out, it'll be on his time, and. I think I came in a couple of days ago and said that there was another silent commit and, you know, it kind of the news that I gave kind of coincided with, you know, a, a five-star James Williams asking for, um, you know, asking for an edit on, on, you know, asking for edit guys or edit help, you know, and on Twitter and all the fans saw that and people pay attention, but you know, he's soon, you know, today, two days later, he's come out and say he's releasing a top two. And I, and I made it clear on our board that listen, Georgia's got at least two silent commits and one I am not talking about James Williams. I didn't know if he was, you know, committing. I did talk a little bit with him on DM. And then and then today he said he was coming out with his top two. So um, you know, Georgia has been a little bit quiet, but it doesn't mean some things aren't going on. I will say that Georgia has two kids in different classes that are at least that I know of, uh, silent commits. And um, I believe both will come out pretty soon with that. We'll see. Will it happen before June's over? Not sure. I would be surprised if either went past July with this. 
Uh, we'll see, but you know, I don't think anybody's going to be mad about either one of them. And unfortunately for me, neither one of them's a punter or a kicker, so that you know it always makes it a little funner for me. But uh, they do have at least two, and I did make a note, and and I was going to follow up a little bit more because I saw some of the board reaction. Uh, Marcus Burke is a guy that you know that you know me and Kip, you know Kip, we we do this, and in the last two years we've kind of had to adjust everything we know because Georgia's recruiting on such a national level. You know, at one point when they were doing 80% kids in state, it wouldn't take me and you either two seconds to make a call to a high school coach, trainer, anybody in that area, and we would know exactly what's going on. So, the, you know, they're recruiting these kids all over the country, so we're having to depend on everything to find out sometimes information uh, because these kids are in lockdown mode with recruiting and they're getting, you know, just getting blown up by coaches. So, They've kind of shut it down with us, and they've been getting recruited for four or five years too now. So uh, I, I will say that Marcus Burke is a guy that I've done a few calls on, and I feel certain that Georgia is definitely in that. I'm not ready by any means to make a crystal ball, but I do think Georgia's in that more than even I thought, and that's a, a needed position wide receiver. It's funny you mentioned Marcus Burke. He's a four-star guy out of Jacksonville, Florida. Georgia's, you know, again, Trent – Trinity Christian Academy, Georgia's recruited, you know, Jacksonville area very well. And Todd Hartley has some ties there. It's it's a program that right now, I mean, you look at Georgia's 2023 class, they have one one commitment in that class. And where does he hail from? He hails from Trinity Christian uh, Academy and Treyon Webb. He's a six foot one hundred ninety pound running back and who continues to pick up offers. It's gonna be a national guy. They already got a commitment from that program and you mentioned him i remember talking to him last month and asking him hey uh marcus who's recruiting you the hardest right now and he didn't hesitate to say georgia and florida and so it, it it's obvious that in his mind georgia's recruiting him as hard as any program there is right now and and i remember following him up asking hey when did you last talk to georgia because he always kind of want to he might think a program's recruiting him hard but at the same time, he may have not talked to him for two or three weeks. And, you know, in the spring, that might not mean as much, but you still want to kind of get kind of a lay of the land and see how often the contact was. And he says, two minutes ago. I talked to Georgia two minutes ago. So, you know, it's obvious that they're in consistent contact with him. And you look at him, 6'3", 180 pounds. You look at what Georgia's trying to do in this wide receiver class. Maybe they only signed two wide receivers. Maybe they signed three. But if they only signed two, one of these guys is probably going to be a guy with size. I mean, it's it, it goes without saying they probably want to get a guy that can bring some speed and help out inside, but they also still want to get a guy that can win those battles on, on the outside as well. And, and that's definitely what Marcus Burke brings to the table. Again, we're talking about guys that potentially Georgia could be, you know, making a move for or, or landing, you know, in the near future. One of the more intriguing recruitments right now would be that of five-star linebacker Smile Munden out of Paulding County, Dallas, Georgia. We both know the area very well. He's now the nation's number two outside linebacker in the 24-7 sports composite. He's a top 30 prospect. On 24-7 sports, he's a top 10 prospect right now. We got him as the nation's number one outside linebacker and the top prospect in Georgia, which is truly incredible for a linebacker prospect. You know, his recruitment's one that George has been mentioned heavily with, but there are other SEC programs that continue to try to push for him. And, you know, at one point he's he'd mentioned the possibility of deciding soon, possibly this month. 
Rusty, what's what's the latest on Smile, and and where do you think things are kind of headed right now? You know, he's quiet. You know, I keep. I think people take it as, uh, you know, I, I saw a couple of people going, "Hey, you're not as confident as you were on Smile." I have to make a pick at some point, you know, and I made a pick back in May, early May, that uh, I thought Georgia was going to end up with him. Uh, I still do, but I'm I'm not ready to be on the table and go, hey, Georgia's getting that guy. I mean, th- th- this is – I think people have a hard time understanding that there can be three teams very, very, very close, and this seems to be the case. And, and you know – as I said with Marcus Burke today, the longer this goes on, I think this is a better chance for Georgia where Florida tends to be the team, you know, an hour from his house. Everybody thinks it's Florida, uh, you know, a Florida-Georgia battle. Most people, the crystal ball is leaning toward it. The longer this goes on with Marcus Burke, I would think the better for Georgia. Now, you look at Smile Munden, to me, the longer this goes on, now, I'm not saying – past July. If this thing gets into October and November, then he's thinking hard about all this, you know, I mean, there, there's there's somebody else in this uh, that would keep him from committing to Georgia. I think the longer it goes on with Smile Monday, you have to really start looking at Tennessee and Auburn. And I'm talking about if it, if it winds up being one of those where he goes, I can't make a decision right now. That lets you know this thing is an all-out recruiting war. Now, I think if he makes a decision sooner than later, I would still say Georgia, but I'm not, you know, it's not like if he picks Tennessee or Auburn, that wouldn't shock me at all because I do know for 100% fact, you take maybe Tuesday this week, I think it was Tuesday, I talked to his coach for a minute and he said, yeah, man, he had a he had a 30-minute um, Skype deal with, with Coach Martin, Coach Schumann, and those guys. Kid went to work, came home, and he had a 45-minute Skype with the Auburn staff. So he's talking to all these guys, and they're recruiting him with, as a major priority. So with Smile Munden, uh, you know, this thing could go either way, and I don't want people to, uh, you know, I put in a pick on a crystal ball, and I told everybody when I made that pick, look, I'm not, this is not one I'm sitting on. This kid is not secretly committed to anywhere that, of my knowledge. So George is recruiting him. I know he is a major target for Kirby Smart and his staff. He's a major target for Tennessee, a major target for target for Auburn as well. But uh, you know, this could go either way. But you know, as of today, if I have to pick, I think he ends up at Georgia. But if he ends up at Tennessee, Auburn would not surprise me one bit. I mean, this is an all-out recruiting war uh, for one of the top targets, one of the top ten players in the country, and you don't get these easy. This is going to be a battle. Um, you know, you're going to recruit him. You're going to even if you get him committed, you're going to have to recruit him. Uh, all the way to the end and until he signs. Well, again, fans are going to sweat. Georgia's coaching staff's probably going to sweat too, but that's those that's when you know you're recruiting guys that are worth it. So it may it's going right. to be intense. It's going to be right. an intense cycle, a lot of battles, a lot of X factors that we haven't really covered as far as this cycle is concerned with having months without visits, not knowing when visits are going to take place again. Uh, so it's it's going to be very intriguing. We've seen Kirby Smart and his staff pivot well when we had our first early signing period. No coaching staff handled that first one better. They're definitely having to make multiple pivots now, not knowing when kids are going to be on campus again. 
we're going to be here covering it no matter what. So it's it's definitely uh, you know going to be exciting and, and and entertaining and very interesting for for a lot of us. We're going to go to a break, and on the other side, we got a very special guest here to join the show. This will be good. Joining us now on the Junkyard Dogcast, we have my esteemed colleague at 24-7 Sports, the National Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong. No one in our industry is able to somehow keep his hand on the pulse of dozens of recruits from coast to coast. Steve, just really thanks uh, for joining us on the show today. Kip, my man, thanks for having me on. My answers to all your questions are whatever Rusty has said. You're going to hit it a very high clip if, if that's the way you go about it. Uh, there's no doubt that Rusty, when Rusty has an answer, a direct answer to a question, he probably has a pretty good idea what the answer is whenever he states it. So uh, that's that's a strong start for you on the show. But we also want to talk a lot about recruiting, obviously. And you know, looking at Georgia's last signing class, that 2020 cycle, it kind of was a little bit of a departure from the norm for Georgia. Obviously, the state of Georgia, known for having a abundance of elite talent. But in that last cycle, you're looking at Georgia's 27, 25 signees, 17 of them came from outside of the state of Georgia. So it was an interesting you know, change uh, of direction for Georgia, which still resulted in the nation's number one class on 24-7 sports. Now, you look at this 2021 cycle, Right now, Georgia has hit on in-state guys. Seven of their their nine commitments right now are from the state of Georgia, and, and really an eighth is from the state of Georgia, and, and Lovacia Carroll from IMG Academy. So that being said, if Georgia is going to push for a top three, top five class this cycle, they're going to have to win a lot of, of out-of-state battles, and they're in on a lot of elite prospects once again from out-of-state. Now, Steve, I'm bringing you on here because that's, you know, that's obviously one of your strengths is being able to, to know what's going on in the recruitments of guys all over the country. And I kind of want to start uh, with tight end Brock Bowers from Napa, California, a top 100 prospect in the 24-7 sports composite, you know, kind of that new age hybrid tight end, 6'3", 225, highly athletic prospect, and a, again, a top 10 prospect in the state of California. Georgia just coming off signing Kendall Milton, the running back out of California, getting a transfer quarterback in JT Daniels from the state as well. They're obviously trying to make an impact in that state. What are you hearing with Brock Bowers, and, and what are your overall thoughts on him and his recruitment? I haven't heard anything to make me believe Georgia isn't the one to beat for the Napa tight end, one of the uh, more dynamic pass-catching tight ends in this class, 4.55 laser time speed in the 40-yard dash uh, prior to his junior season, where he then goes out and turns that speed into 39 catches for 1,098 yards and 14 touchdowns. So He's a big play waiting to happen. Also averaged over 10 yards a carry kip uh, in gaining 316 yards and scoring three more times. And, and, and Todd Hartley has asserted himself as one of the best recruiters in the SEC, which also means you're one of the best recruiters in the country. And uh, I think that um, Georgia has turned away tight ends uh, that are ranked high, that are ranked in the top 247 because – 
they feel good about Brock Bowers and, and uh, some of those tight ends uh, that they uh, didn't say yes to or push for, they're going to play against them in the SEC. So uh, I, I, tough decisions are made uh, inside Kirby Smart's uh, office, uh, but I think that it's going to pay off for them as things stand right now in the recruitment of Brock Bowers. Now, again, that with Brock Bowers, he's likely going to be, if he does pick Georgia, the only tight end Georgia signs in this class if they're able to land him. Now, looking at the running back position, I mentioned Carroll before. Del McGee is trying to land another top back in this class. And, you know, obviously he's been been in some top battles already this cycle, still in with a couple other guys. But it does seem like that main target that has emerged for him has been Donovan Edwards out of West Bloomfield in Michigan, the nation's number three running back in the 24-7 sports composite. This one's going to shaping up to be a pretty tough battle for Del McGee until visits are able to be made, if visits are able to be made. But again, Steve, where do you think things kind of stand right now with Donovan Edwards? Georgia did get a chance to get Donovan on campus. I don't know if you consider it late winter or – Early spring, I don't know what the definition of of it is, but but Donovan uh, did make it down to Athens and uh, um, had an amazing visit. And uh, there was a time where I thought Georgia and Ohio State were battling at the top of his list. He's the number two running back uh, in the top two, four, seven. I still think that Georgia's up there. Uh, I think they're up there with the likes of Oklahoma and and some of those Florida schools and and uh, Penn State, Notre Dame are are pushing. Um, my crystal ball is with Michigan. I think Michigan's kind of made a move here during Zoom season. Um, I think Michigan was a program that he was high on early, but maybe didn't have the relationship with Coach Harbaugh and that staff that he did other places. I think that's changed. I think he has spent a lot of time talking to their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, their running backs coach, Jay, Bar, Jay Harbaugh. And I think him and coach Jim Harbaugh have gotten a lot closer uh, over the last couple months. And and I think he likes what he's seen with the way Michigan's recruited and, and, and thinks he can be a difference maker in helping the Wolverines go to the next level. I think there's a lot of ties uh, from his high school. Obviously, his head coach played at Michigan. Uh, that I think there's a lot of little things that help Michigan out, but it's not a done deal. I think he's uh, taking the process slow. I think George is very much in the mix for him, uh, as they are for another blue chip running back, Kip and LJ Johnson. Donovan Edwards is the number two running back uh, in the top 247. LJ Johnson's the number three running back uh, in, in the top 247. He's got 442 laser time speed in the 40 yard dash. Donovan Edwards is a terrific receiver. On film, uh, L.J. Johnson is one of the more uh, dynamic backs in the country, rushed for almost 2,000 yards as a, as a junior and 37 touchdowns. I give the slight edge to Texas A&M. Texas and Auburn are coming on strong in this recruitment as well. LSU has always been a factor, uh, um, but I think Georgia is the one. They had a trip booked to Georgia this spring, Kip, and it, and it didn't work out uh, because of the COVID-19 uh, ramifications and the dead period we're in. But uh, every time I talk to the family, they say George is a place that the five foot 10, 204-pound running back really wants to go see. And so I think there's a chance for Georgia to really make a move with LJ Johnson as well. I love the, the reference you made there to the Zoom season. I, I do have to 
definitely give credit to the Michigan recruiting staff, the coaching staff there, because it's definitely been a curveball for all of the college's recruits as well. If you're able to make inroads and, and, and kind of move yourself potentially up the ladder for a recruit using only, you know, Zoom or, or video chat, all the credit in the world, in, in my eyes, it's very impressive. And I agree with you. I think, again, if they're able to potentially see these prospects again in person, maybe Georgia can can really, really be a factor down the stretch. As it stands, if they do not land one of those two backs, in my opinion, I, I think they could just go with one running back this cycle unless somebody else emerges in, in the fall. One prospect that has been He's very intriguing just from an overall size standpoint and trying to figure out where he fits best at the next level is five-star James Williams down down in South Florida, 6'5", probably over 220 pounds at this point. I think he actually weighed in 225 around there. Uh, at, at a combine earlier this year before COVID, but right now he's the nation's number 10 overall prospect on the 24-7 sports composite and a guy that's been kind of paired with Georgia throughout the spring, even though he's not really doing a, a lot of talking. He's been a guy that's kind of been connected to Georgia and the crystal ball heavily. Right now, Steve, where do you think things are with him and what are your thoughts on James Williams? Um, I'd be surprised at this point if he ended up anywhere else uh, than Georgia. I haven't heard anything out there uh, to make me believe he's going anywhere other than Georgia. Um, and, and the Bulldogs have done a really good job with him. Six foot five, 218 pounds. It's obvious, you know, the first guy you obviously think of is Isaiah Simmons, who just heard his name called uh, in the first round. Uh, um, they have similar frames and similar playing styles. Isaiah was obviously a freak athlete coming out of high school. Um, and and it, uh, so, you know, I don't know if James is on that level athletically, but he's a, he's a special prospect uh, or one of the higher ranked prospects uh, in this class and a guy George has worked really hard to, to land. And I think they will. One recruiting battle that it seems still has several more twists and turns and is really heating up right now is that of a prospect who has also been rising up the ratings. I know that 24-7 Sports has been really high on him since we really started to dig into the junior film and checking guys out. And then that's Dallas Turner out of St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the nation's number 44 overall prospect on the 24-7 Sports composite, a guy that just looks like he has everything you want in an edge defender and so it makes sense that that Dan Lanning and Georgia would have this guy really high on their board, but that's not the only board that he's really high on. And, and again, you look at Florida, you look at Alabama, uh, it looks like, you know, he has some outstanding options. And it also looks like all three of those programs are really making a big time push in his recruitment, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked to Dallas uh, three weeks ago or so. And at that time, it sounded like Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia in that order. Um, but then Andrew Ivins, uh, our colleague, went out and saw him work out last week and um, or two weeks ago. Hell, the days are running together here in Zoom season, Kip. But um, I, I think he got the sense that it was Alabama or Georgia. And uh, so I think that's where you're at right now is uh, who's going to pull that one out, which SEC power. 
Um, he was going to go visit those places again in the spring, and, and we've already touched on that. Couldn't make those visits. Uh, so I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I think he would like to make a decision before his senior year and, and um, uh, low confidence. If I told you where I thought you know, my crystal ball is in Alabama, it's a medium-level confidence. I, he could easily pick Georgia, and I wouldn't be surprised. Now, uh, staying in Florida, another outstanding linebacker prospect right now, Xavier Sori. I believe he's uh, just transferred from Graceville, Florida to ING Academy. And he's a guy, again, moving way up the, the rankings in recent weeks. Number 63 overall in the 24-7 sports composite right now. And a guy that in the end could be well inside the top 50 when all is said and done. 6'3", 214 pounds, you know, has the frame you really look for. And inside or outside linebacker, just very versatile, brings a lot to the table as far as overall athleticism. And again, similar teams involved, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Auburn as well. It seems like his recruitment is just really heating up every week. Yeah, I think uh, the way he moves on a basketball court is another reason why these schools uh, covet Xavier and Sori. Um, Alabama was considered the clear leader early on. I think that that gap is closed. I think Georgia's one of the schools closing that gap. Christian Robinson's a guy that at the University of Florida who has been, you know, uh, is a coach that a lot of high school coaches and, and people have complimented with his efforts. And I think he's put Florida in the mix there. Everyone that follows Georgia recruiting, when you recruit against Auburn at the linebacker position, you're recruiting against Travis Williams, T. Will, and he does as fine a job as anybody. So it's a heavyweight battle for Xavier and Sori, and I think that race is tightened. Another very interesting recruitment is that of five-star cornerback Tony Grimes. Uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, the nation's number one cornerback on the 24-7 sports composite. It's also had some recent twists and turns with potentially reclassifying trying to see if there's going to be a football season in Virginia this year. You know, as of now, I believe it looks like the state of Virginia is trying to make plans for football to happen. And if it does, I know that uh, his family has said that he will play out his senior year and, and remain in the 2021 class. And it looked like at one point, you know, Georgia was in a very good spot for him, but uh, they have all their work cut out for him right now. Uh, you know, when you look at the Tar Heels and, and the push they've made under with Dre Bly there as the cornerbacks coach coming into his second year. Steve, what are you hearing, or what do you where do you think things stand right now with Tony Grimes? I mean, I felt great about Georgia going in the spring because he had a great visit, and then he was going to return two more times. He was going to come down and swing by when he was in town for a seven-on-seven tournament. And, and then he was going to come back by again with his mom. And uh, they weren't able to do that. And with that, I think that that means that they're still more familiar with North Carolina. Great relationship with Dre Bly, who's a legend in that part of the country. Um, and, and so I think the Tar Heels are in a really good spot. And, hell, one source thought that it was North Carolina or A&M. Uh, I know Georgia's working hard there. And, the relationship is still strong as well, uh, but that one has definitely had taken a turn, and I don't necessarily know if I like the way it's turned for Georgia, uh, but they're in it. Speaking of turns, 
there's been some recent twists and turns with the nation's number one overall prospect, Corey Foreman, out of uh, Corona, California, Centennial High School. A one-time Clemson commitment has opened things back up. And while the crystal ball definitely favors in-state USC landing him down the road, you know, there are a lot of people that think Georgia could really have some momentum here if he ultimately decides to lead the state. What are your thoughts right now on him, Steve? Well, I'm one of those people. I know I've written on your side a few times that I think Georgia is very much in that one for him and Mason Smith. And even before um, even before Corey decommitted from Clemson, I thought Georgia was in a good spot for Mason Smith. And so, look, I'm not predicting Georgia's going to land either of them. Uh, but I think that both those young men uh, and Mason Smith being the five-star defensive tackle uh, are thinking strongly about uh, Georgia and playing together. I should point out that Corey Foreman is a strong side defensive end, 6'4", 265 pounds, really stood, you know, held his own and really stood out at the opening finals last summer against offensive linemen that were for the most part, rising seniors. And you look at Georgia's defense and the scheme they run, they haven't really had that, you know, that dynamic defensive end yet really in that scheme. And Corey could definitely give them that and give them a new dimension overall. And, you know, just kind of finishing up, staying on the defensive line, a prospect that 24-7 sports has really been high on and, and he, he continues to see his stock improve and is – Tyrion Ingram Dawkins from Gaffney, South Carolina, now the number one prospect in the state of South Carolina on both 24-7 sports and the composite. A recent invite to the All-American Bowl as well. Steve, this was one where we thought he might be announcing, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Seems to have put it off. Could be putting it off a couple more times as it stands. I think he planned on announcing at the end of this month on his birthday, but... I think he's starting to realize that with the way these schools are pushing, it's going to be probably too difficult for him. Well, when he had that announcement locked in a few weeks ago, I was almost positive he was picking Tennessee. And I know the crystal ball is all for South Carolina right now. I am not one of those picks. Um, I think that uh, Tennessee was in a really good spot for him. And I think that Georgia may be the program that slowed that down. And so those are not that I'm sleeping on South Carolina and um, he likes them for sure. Um, but I think that uh, Tennessee was the one. And I think that he really likes Georgia. It's interesting because defensive line is definitely a position where you, you look at Trey Scott. This is kind of that cycle where there's a lot of eyes on him. Georgia needs a lot of defensive linemen in this cycle, and he, he definitely has a chance to to load up at that at that position for for you know for the dogs this cycle. And just overall looking at Georgia's class right now, it still remains one of the smaller classes. They, they they're only at nine commitments right now. I think right now they are fourth as far as that average rating uh, per commitment in, in this class. The nation's number seventeen group right now in twenty four seven sports in the team rankings. Steve, just kind of wrapping this up, what are your overall thoughts on Georgia's class and where you think things might go in, in the next couple of months as, they, as that, you know, Kirby Smart once again tries to land one of the best groups in the country? Well, look, you guys, I mean, you touched on it there. I mean, the first thing I look at is average ranking per commit. 
Georgia's in the top five, as you said. I mean, they have one of the top quarterbacks in the country committed in Brock Vandegrift. They're tracking for one of the nation's best offensive line classes with Micah Morris and, and Dylan Fairchild in the, in the boat. And, you know, they got a great shot at Amarius Mims and, and Terrence Ferguson, you know, as they battle Alabama and others for those guys, Florida State. Um, I, I think that, you know, they want to get, you know, some, some uh, dynamic receivers and, and tight ends in, in the fold uh, in this class. And uh, um, defensively, you know, it's going to come together. And, and, and we've talked about a bunch of these targets. We didn't, you know, Smale Munden was a guy we didn't mention. Um, but I've written a few times Ohio State's running away with the number one class in the country. I think Georgia's got the firepower on the board to, to potentially reel them in. Now, you know, they got to go out and close these guys. And, and uh, some of these battles right now, they may be trailed at. Uh, maybe they can find a place to rally. Shamar Turner's another uh, guy that maybe George is not in the top two right now, but they're in the top five and, and and they have a chance to make a move. Hell, maybe they are in the top move, top two. I'm just, just saying, like, I think Shamar Turner, who's one of the best defensive tackles in the country from DeSoto, Texas, is, is also very uh, excited about Georgia. And so um, one thing we know for sure, Georgia is going to be one of the more exciting teams to follow on the trail, especially the closer we get to the uh, early signing period and, and beyond. So there um, uh, will be lots for you and, and Rusty and everybody at Dogs247 to track down daily. Outstanding stuff, Steve. Thanks for joining us on the show. Looking forward to having you again. Yeah, Kip. Take care, y'all. We'll see you guys on the junkyard. All right. Thank you, Steve Wilfong, for joining the Junkyard Dogcast, pulling out the big guns to, to give us a lot of insight on a lot of out-of-state guys. We write about a lot of these guys, but at the same time, there's no one in the industry that has his hand on the pulse uh, of recruits from coast to coast better than Steve does. Again, thanks for for uh, joining the show. That'll take care of this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams. That's Rusty Menzel. You guys take care. <laughs>